The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, get ready for another special edition interview on the Robert Scott Bell Show, heading in, I think, to the weekend, uh, if that's right. You know, time and space, almost, how do you keep up with it all? I am uh, grateful for the opportunity and the honor to bring information to you and education and interviews from people all over planet Earth to get information from the ground up, so to speak. So much of what we learn or hear or are frightened by is an agenda, is a script that has us react blindly in emotion, often with extreme emotion, anger and fear and, you know, all of those things. And when it comes to the topic of uh, Israel, man, oh man, do people go one way or the other? It's like, wait, hey, why not find some folks that are on the ground in Israel and say, hey, this is what's going on. That's what I like to do. And from time to time, we get a chance to do that. Uh, my friend uh, Shai Danon is uh, back in, a, in just a moment to get some updates, including one of the things I want to ask him about uh, is... Uh, well, Netanyahu selling the people of Israel out to Pfizer. How, is there, did they wake up yet to realize how bad that is, how bad that was and is, among other things, the conflicts that have been there. Uh, just a full disclosure, as you know, my mom from Israel at the time, her mother, well, going way back in the early 20th century, walked all the way from a country known as Lithuania to the Middle East, what was then known as Palestine. And my mom was there, born there, raised there among uh, Arabs, Jews, Christians. She tells me stories of her you know, childhood and uh, also growing up, being in the shuk in the market, going to the cafes and Christians, Jews, and Arabs hanging out together, just doing their thing until the globalists get involved. And they start telling, you must hate one another, you must fear one another. How's that playing out today? Do people see beyond the patterns that have emerged due to programming from external sources. We got that problem here in the United States as well. Left versus right, on and on it goes. But it's, you know, globalists who don't believe in your right or your rights coming from God. And uh, they're wanting to dominate you through fear, through lies, through deceptions, etc. So uh, mom, of course, grew up in Israel. She came to America. She's now 89. She's doing great considering what she's been through in her lifetime. She's seen a lot. She's written a book about her life from Israel to America, a life of many colors. You guys can check out her autobiography online. And of course, recognize that she is utilizing this wonderful product, Folium uh, PX, the Folium products from my friend, Babri Oren, who originally, Babri was from um, uh, Georgia, Tbilisi, and then went to Israel and then came to America. And he's doing extraordinary work with his Chernobyl level antioxidant to counteract the toxic poisons of vaccination, the toxic poisons of heavy metals, including radiation as well. And we've got a lot of tools that can help. Helping us understand what's going on on the ground in Israel. Let's welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Shai, how are you, my friends? Good to see you. It's good to see you and it's good to be here, Rob. Thanks very much. Um, mm -hmm. Before we start, just to appreciate the story about your mom and to wish her many good, healthy, sane years ahead. I think it's important because she knows what was going on back then yeah. and she sees kind of uh, history repeating itself. So I do hope that we, she and all of us have, uh, you know, many good sane years ahead of us. Yeah. Uh, Mike, can you confirm how 
life in Israel is on the ground beyond the news stories or the human relationships and the human elements where you find that people that can see through the manipulation actually like one another, care about one another, don't want to see the destruction of one another, because that's you know, still the, the mainstream press around the world you know, paints a picture like we have in America. Democrats must hate Republicans. Jews must hate Christians or Arabs or Muslims. Sure. And on the ground, like I said, the stories of my mom and her youth and her young years in, in, in what was Palestine became Israel. And it was different than what we hear in the news stories completely. True. And, and to be honest, it's good that we have these sort of conversations, I mean, with you and many others around the world, because the mainstream media do lie to us and we must, you know, keep uh, keep the truth coming out through these uh, uh, private platforms or private broadcasts. And uh, thanks for doing that. And I'm doing the same on my side, you know. Um, to be honest, you asked some really good questions there at the, <laughs> at the promo. And um, I I'm not sure I have all the answers to your questions, but I sure will try to give some answers. Uh, one of the main things that um, I can say maybe people abroad saw the demonstrations going on in the past few weeks in Israel. Yeah. What was what was strange, maybe, is to see Yuval Noah Harari um, um, speaking at these demonstrations. And you think, what's going on? Haven't the Israelis <laughs> realized what's going on with Yuval Noah Harari, that he's playing along Klaus Schwab and this, uh, you know, this group of uh, yeah, whatever national socialists in Switzerland? Horrific transhumanist, this guy. I mean, absolutely, absolutely, and lie forms. And I'm like, if he claims to be Jewish, that's an embarrassment for all Jewish people. Uh, what he has done, because there's nothing godly about his belief in you know taking people and plugging them into machines or machines plugging them into you. I mean, it's just this guy. I don't know where he gets his information from, but I don't want it to rub off on anybody who uh, tries to live a godly life. This is this guy is not that. I agree, and I don't know if he's Jewish, and I'm not sure anymore about many people who say they're Jewish, and the behavior is so um, unhuman. It's yeah. like against life. It's nothing, right. whether it's Jewish, Muslim, you know, Christian, doesn't matter. They go against life, and this is what we need to uh, look at and to maybe hopefully bring them to justice at one day, hopefully yeah. sooner. Um, so people may have seen Yuval Noah Harari, um, speaking at the demonstrations, as well as another doctor, she works, I forgot her name, but she works in CERN in Switzerland. She also part of the WF and this, uh, you know, black force or dark force or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sitting at home, watching these demonstrations, seeing all these figures speaking and some politicians and some uh, uh, media, mainstream media figures who just a year earlier or two years earlier, call people like me murderers. I mean, they are now speaking at the demonstrations for democracy, and I'm like, what's going on? Have the Israelis went mad? And I'm repeating your question in a way, not yeah. sure I have the answers, but again, I will try to answer it. And you ask another question, if, if Israelis have woken up to the atrocities and the fact that the Prime Minister of Israel have sold them, sold them as a product, to uh, Pfizer, to the company of uh, Burla and, and this lot. And again, it seems like some people do wake up. The majority, maybe they feel, they sense some anger, like they've been fooled. They don't know uh, how to address it, against whom to address it. And here comes the demonstrations, which allow them to go out in the street and put out their anger. 
Now, without much uh, thought, maybe, or which, with some justifications yeah. against the government reforms, against the government um, court or justice reform, they go out against the government. Now, we need to make clear something um, now before we dive into it. These demonstrations were uh, very well funded, okay? They were funded by paying people to come to demonstrate, funded by paying uh, truck drivers to bring their trucks. You know, each truck, I think, got uh, like uh, 2,500 checkers. It's a lot of money. So people who have their, you know, uh, trucks, they bring their trucks to the road and they block the roads. The, the media or the publications in the billboards and the newspapers and the radios, we're talking about tens, if not hundreds of millions of shekels. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money. It has to come from somewhere. It seems like that the money comes from, obviously, some NGOs from outside of Israel, as well as some what is used to be called, and maybe some of it still called, as the deep state of Israel. Now, I don't buy anymore into the deep state because I know very well the right is playing with the left to trick the people, to fool the people and bring them into the next trap. I mean, we had the COVID bullshit, and then we have, we still have the SDGs and the climate bullshit. And then we have, and I'm talking now specifically about Israel, the democracy or the justice reform, government demonstrations bullshit. And now just to add in the last couple of weeks or three weeks, we have uh, um, the shadow or the clouds of war coming on us once again. This time it's different than before. Mm. Because it seems like, I'm, I'm saying it with great sadness, Rob, I, I mean, people need to understand that the people of Israel, as, besides being guinea pigs and being fooled into the slaughterhouse, whether it's for experiments or for, for extermination, but maybe both, probably both, now we are being led into a situation, a, a war-like situation, but this time, after the army is weaker and people from the left in the army in the government are pushing forward their agenda which again i'm saying left the right is working with the left together but on the surface it seems like the leftist agenda is pushing although the government is right-wing so it's all a masquerade mm -hmm. and it's kind of fall into the hands of the planners to cause chaos because people are really confused and chaos is being at least at least for now, um, I should say uh, um, conscious chaos is being uh, thrown upon us, mm -hmm. okay? People, maybe hundreds of thousands of people went out to the streets thinking they are going to change something, not realizing they are being fooled again to another trap. And some of the missiles that were thrown at the border of Israel in the past few days were fake. And... I mean, people who live in the on the borders, okay, yeah. they put out information on the internet, on the social networks, and they said, listen, I've been going here all my life. I know what is missiles. I know which missiles is throwing from which my body feels it and start to feel fear. Yeah. And let me tell you, my body felt nothing last night and the night before. No missiles were thrown from Lebanon to here. So this is one side of the... I should say the information uh, coming out from private people on social networks. On the other hand, 
we do have missiles coming from Syria to the Golan Heights, for example. And obviously in the south, we do have uh, some sort of missiles coming from Gaza. And we do have um, information or intelligence information. I'm not talking about the government intelligence information. I'm talking about social networks and some groups that work for the people, <laughs> like really for the people. Yeah. They say that it's almost like the Israeli spring is coming and I'm talking <laughs> and this is I mean obviously we're in the spring yeah but this is like the Arab spring you know in Egypt and other right. countries it may be that Israel is just before I don't want to say it you know what I don't want to say it and I will not say it but it may be that some Arab countries neighboring countries see an opportunity here this is one thing second thing the states like America which is like the bigger sister of Israel, or at least that's what we thought, uh, not bothered anymore with Israel, saving Israel or helping Israel. So maybe we are just coming ahead of the prophecy that 70, 70 nations will come on Israel to fight Israel. It just, it, it just, it looks like it's around the corner. And the, the government, the courts, the, like the legal system, the government, the Knesset, the media, all of them are against the people. The people, at least half of the people, don't see it, don't think that way, and they're playing along with the plan, again, without their knowledge and with their consent, unfortunately. The other half, have you seen, by the way, the interview Tucker Carlson did with uh, uh, Professor... Uh, What's his name? Summit, not Summit. Uh, Matthias. No, is is that well, relate what was revealed, please? You must watch it. Everyone on the planet has to watch it. Rob, this is amazing because Professor uh, Matthias managed to explain what has been done to us over the last three years, and he calls it mass formation i.e. forming a mass population into doing one thing. We saw it in Nazi Germany, and we see it more so in, on a bigger scale due to all the technology and, uh, and media that we have. We see it more so in the last three years. Yeah. And the way he put it out, Rob, everyone on the planet has to watch it. It doesn't matter if you took injection or not, if you believe the corona bullshit or not, it doesn't matter. No. You have to watch it because it reflects on your private, personal psychology and sure. psychosis and mass psychosis that we were all led into. Chai, send me the uh, link just to be sure I have the right thing. Uh, and I, I, may, I may have if it was a while ago. If it was something very recent, I might. No, have. it's recent. It's like two weeks ago. Something yeah, yeah. like that. Well, I haven't seen that one. I definitely want to get that out there for the audience to review it. Even, well. even, you know, Rob, even Tucker, he was like, he was shocked. And he, and he was like, he looked at Professor Matthias and he said, listen, this is one of the most <laughs> amazing interviews I had because although you, me, and Tucker and many others, we know what he speaks of, the way he described it, it's so, it's just profound. It's yeah. academic, but it's in a very, very simple terms. It's very down to earth description of what we all been through in terms of psychosis or psychology of the individual and the mass. So, so really important to watch it. Yeah. And breaking that psychosis, uh, to me, this is a spiritual crisis. You know, I know we can play it out politically and economically. All of these things manifest, uh, you know, from the, uh, if we will, our, our, our fear, the way that, that we are manipulated. But to regain our connection to the divine is 
really, for me, the only way we could see through this. And the question is, are there any people stepping up in Israel that you know of other than as we talk about this sort of underground grassroots movement that you're a part of that it's unofficial, right? There are no membership cards or anything, but we're mm -hmm. discussing like you are discussing this. Anybody speaking out within that? Is there a Ron Paul of, of Israel right now going, you guys are all wrong. You're all crazy leading to war to deceive us and then make us more vulnerable and enslaved to, again, these globalists. We, we don't have a, a, a Ron Paul type figure, a leading figure. We don't have none of those. I mean, there's people like me, various others, uh, you know, public figures sort of in the social networks. Yeah. But we don't have like a main or more uh, public figures who are doing it and going uh, voluntarily outspoken against the government. We, we don't see something like that. Again, and I'm refraining from speaking about uh, the left, right winged yeah. um, bullshit story because again it's just to trap the people again in another trap yeah. but you know why i'm referring to this interview with uh, professor uh, matthias because he referred to the five percent which is you me we are in the five percent of those who already woken whatever because of god's choice whatever we are awake and we will never um comply with their demands or their uh, fake stories never and we know it yeah. now they also know it that's why they put some energy in attacking us sure. and the attack was done by the mainstream media and the politicians but using the 30 percent that are the hypochondriacs or, or those who follow the stories and we have the 60 more or less percent who are the passive followers they, they know something is dodgy here but they're like okay i just put a mask and buy some food you know i don't want to uh, fight anyone now what he says is that once we the five percent continue and continue to make noise continue to make sounds, to tell the truth, to shout the truth, to sing the truth, whatever, making whatever noise we can, the hypnosis that goes through the mass of people, the 30% and then the 60%, it gets disturbed. It cannot fulfill itself to 100%. And even if it's 92%, the disturbance that we cause makes the, the hypnosis gets weaker over time. Now, because... Our strength is not from us, it's from God Almighty, and we feel it. We don't need to justify it. We just know it's true. That's why we, we don't have lack of energy. We keep that. This is life. That's what we do. Okay? We fight for the right things and for justice and for truth. And the hypnosis gets weaker and weaker. That's why they need to put more force, more energy, more resources into keeping this hypnosis. Now, the system gets weaker because a lot of uh, resources are going into this mass hypnosis. The 30% hypnotized, they are getting weaker because how much a brain or consciousness can, can actually dwell in this going on hypnosis. And that's why they change the stories all the time to keep the hypnosis going. Because from COVID to SDGs, global climate bullshit, and then, uh, you know, no food, no water, shortage, U Ukraine, Russia war, so many stories are being thrown at the masses to keep them hypnotized. Now, they will, at some point, will run out of energy. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking about both the, the, the hypnotizers. Yeah. Yes, and those are hypnotized. hypnotized. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we, once we continue to do just what we do now, 
we will win. We will overcome. We don't know how much time it will take. We don't know how much from the 60% will come to our side, to the 5% and make it 7% and maybe 11%. We don't know. But with what he says, and again, this is so <laughs> profound the way he puts it out, he says that once we keep doing it, they will get weaker and they will lose and they will perish. It's just a matter of time and our stamina and our strength. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's a very positive message that you bring and I resonate yes. with it. That is, the energy we draw is from the divine. It's from guidance that's far beyond the manipulators that pretend to be gods or godlike. Uh, and they're anything but that. Again, as we've seen uh, with some of their uh, rhetoric coming from the WEF, it's so obvious. And some of the things we're witnessing in the United States of America that are just so bizarre that, you know, many people that have some sense left are looking around going, how is this even happening? As he explains some of the mechanics of it, at the same time, where do we draw strength from? If we are to fall prey to the fear, we will lose the strength we have from the divine. If we maintain that connection, the communication, the practice of our spirituality, our, our, you know, fundamental reason for being mission oriented, passion and, 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 and love of freedom. For instance, mm. we will out outlast them. That is true. But you, you their Amen. efforts to suppress us, to censor us, etc., is kind of it, it's a last ditch effort. It's a desperate effort, like the dying wounded animal that lashes out, that reaches out. It doesn't have the ability to sustain itself except through deception and again fear mongering, which is not sustainable. Yeah. I hope you don't mind. I, I would like to add something. Uh, I, I cannot say I represent the people of Israel because I don't, but uh, let's say if I would <laughs> represent them, uh, I, I would like like a short message to the people of the world. Obviously, we are all being uh, outplayed and manipulated by the MSM and the powers behind them, obviously. And part of this manipulation is at some point, somehow, is to blame also Israel. And we have the prime minister and the politicians. I mean, we have the same systems like you have in Canada, in the States, in New Zealand, in Australia, in, all, in France, obviously. So they are all part of the WEF. It's the same, okay? The people of Israel are being fooled, like the majority of the people of the world, not all of them, but the majority of them. The people of Israel are afraid of war. Not that they, I mean, we can do it, but we don't want to do it. And we are, it's been 75 years of so many wars and terror attacks and what have you. And the last thing we want is this. So now they are throwing this card at us, the people of Israel. You have to follow instructions, otherwise you will have war. Okay, there's a lot of fear going on now. It's not just the normal COVID fear or food shortage fear, or this is like existential fear <laughs> that we all live in. I mean, we all grew up in this sort of ambience and we don't want to go there. I mean, I grew up in this, you know, uh, terror attacks and intifada and what have you. Uh, another thing you need to, you need to uh, realize that all this uh, justice reform lately with the demonstrations and the story that's been going on in Israel, part of it was to establish a national guard. Now, a national guard, there's a law has been passed in the Knesset that a national guard will be established very soon. We're talking about thousands of new soldiers or policemen or guards 
with our money as if coming to look after us. Now I'm thinking if enough policemen and soldiers or guards have taken the shots, and if I believe the numbers, then at least 5,000 policemen resigned over the last year or year and a half, and probably more soldiers got hurt. It means the Israel uh, power to defend itself, but also to defend some maybe engineered chaos in the streets of Israel, uh, it, it may be that this National Guard will come as a force to keep the peace and quiet in the streets of Israel in the days that may come. So this is part of the, for me, part of the new digital ghetto that they are building. And they are doing it, you know, people are saying that they keep Israel to the last, to the end. And I'm like, no, I've been saying from the start, Israel is the first. I mean, the experiments are done here. And the, I mean, they are done, obviously they are done also <laughs> elsewhere, but the main uh, experiment was done here with the injections. And it's been going on and since the last six months, I sense, and again, I'm not really speaking for <laughs> all the people of Israel, but what I sense is a lot of confusion in those people who still believe the MSM and don't know what's going on. And they are afraid to leave what they know as true as the system and to come to our side, to the 5% or whatever percentage side. Yeah. And I just want the world to know the, the majority of the people of Israel are good people. They don't want wars. They don't know what's going on. They are like kids. They are like children. And they're easily manipulated into believing another fake story and another fake crisis and another fake war or fake what have you. So it's as in other countries. But it seems like here it's faster and more intense. Like in a very short time, we get boom, boom, boom. Like this crisis, this crisis, another one, another one. And the, a lot of confusion is being thrown at us. And the reactions of the people is despair, is going out in the streets. They don't know what to do. We have obviously, like many other places, we have less money to purchase stuff. It seems like people don't care. They buy more and more. I'm not sure how, but that's that's the numbers, at least. That's what they show. And again, if to summarize it, please remember the people of Israel are not bad people. We are not like the, the, the nasty uh, Jewish that you get maybe propaganda about. We are not. This is our government, maybe. But it's not us, the common people. We just want to, you know, eat grapes from the vine and uh, drink a cup of tea together and chit-chat with Arabs, with Jews, with Bedouins, with fellow members and neighbors. And that's who we are. So please remember that. We mean no harm. But the government, like many governments... Mm -hmm. definitely mean harm and they work for WEF and for corporations, not for us, not for the people. And we, the people, we also need to remember that. So just a reminder, Rob. Yeah, well, the existential threat uh, in Israel is unique compared to what I have experienced growing up in the United States of America, where we have a, a buffer of oceans around us and seemingly friendly relationships with Canada and Mexico in our, in our lifetime. Uh, yet at the same time, uh, many wars have been uh, waged without uh, formal declarations from the United States House of Representatives as it's prescribed by the Constitution. Since World War II, there's never been an official declaration of war in the People's House either. So mm -hmm. we have a similar manifestation throughout our history, of recent history, of 
globalist controlling through Democrats and Republican parties uh, and not representative of the people, but the people manipulated. And that's not to say there aren't real threats to America, much less Israel and other countries. But my gosh, the way they paint, you know, the Israeli people. Uh, exactly. It, you know, it's it's been horrific. So there's no ability to communicate on a human level to say, hey, I think that, that genuinely and I would say this about, you know, the average Arab or, or you know, Bedouin or like, you know what? We were getting along in history. Fine. And then what happened? Who mucked it up? And we need to go back to that history to understand that. But it's hard to when you're simply trying to survive each day with each new crisis that is artificially induced on you or through you. So, uh, yeah. Just another point, like uh, three months ago, there was the elections here in Israel, one of those. I mean, we had many lately. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a very... um, unique special visitor who became a friend is the grandson of uh, the rabbi who established Neture Karta. Now Neture Karta, I grew up thinking Neture Karta, they are against Israel, but they are not against Israel. They are against Zionist Israel. (laughs) So as a child, I grew up like all of us here in Israel, knowing that Neture Karta, they meet with Arafat and they meet with Ahmadinejad and they are our enemies. Although some of them live in Jerusalem and some in Bnei Brak and some in New York, they are our enemies. But when I came to, to, to meet at that meeting, is, is a brother, is a friend. Yes, he dressed like extreme <laughs> Jewish, like religious Jewish man. Mm-hmm. But the language we share is the same language. He tells me, he's like, I think a 10th or 20th generation in Jerusalem. So he knows what happened here before the establishment of Israel as a state. He knows what happened here like one and a half centuries ago and two centuries ago before Zionism started, Before there was no Zionist at all. So what was here was actually Jewish, Jews and Arabs from neighboring countries, because there were no Palestines then, there were uh, Egyptian Arab, Syrian Arab, Jordanian Arab, etc. And they lived, I wouldn't say happily, but they get along quite well. They didn't fight, there were no wars all the time. And yes, there were some, you know, we are cousins, so we fight here and there. But the peace was kept for many, many years. Relatively, it was good. Mm-hmm. Until, and then came the Zionists who stirred it all up. And this is just to relate to what you said, because it's important for people to understand that those in Israel who don't see the, the, the gap between Judaism and Zionism, they need a crash course on Zionism to, to realize where it comes from, what's the purpose of Zionism. The purpose of Zionism is to remove all Jews from the land. They go hand in hand with, with Hitler. They go hand in hand with Ford Foundation and all the rest of these anti-Jewish movements and uh, oligarchs and money that would like to see um, Jewish people off the earth. And Zionism is a tool against that. Now, maybe someone, you know, I don't know, the Shabak, the Shin Bet, the Mossad is listening to this broadcast and saying, hey, Shai, hey, 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 are you going against Israel? Are you, you know, something like that? So just to make it clear, I love Israel. I love the land. I love the people. I love everything here. I don't like to be lied to. 
and I don't like that my life is being played with, and I don't like to be forced to take stuff into my body, and I don't like to be to be messed with my brain, mm -hmm. and I have many friends who think like me. So I'm not against anyone in specific unless they come and attack me. And what happened is that the Zionist movement or Zionists or Zionism came and attacked Jews, Arabs, and everyone here, just so they can fight with each other, divide and conquer. And we see it 100 years ago, 150 years ago, we see it 1,000 years ago, but we see it also nowadays, even in France, even in the States, even in Germany, even in Spain, we see it in many places. And we see it here in Israel over the last few weeks, even with the demonstration, they just continue the divide and conquer they did with the injections and those who do take injection or those who don't take injection. And they want to create this as like two different castes of people like we showed on the on the last program we did like a year ago or something like that with the chairs on the beach, you know, chairs for vaccinated and for unvaccinated. Yeah. So this been going on for many years with the Zionist movement. And I grew up in a lie and many Israelis need to realize they grew up in a lie and they need to tear these lies down and be free from the lies because then the truth reveals itself and what you're left with is God and grace of God and love for one another. And you want to share life. You don't want to destroy life. And we have this force moved to people who would like to destroy life and we should stop them and we should not let it happen and as soon as possible i mean the sooner the better basically shy god bless you my brother and i'm so grateful for you and your willingness and, and capacity in communicating what i felt long ago but had you know no uh let's say direct this lifetime experience other than my few visits to israel as a young person um, yeah and, uh, but you know that's what i sense in so many parallels here in the united states of america uh, with our love of country and being very patriotic, yet at the same time acknowledging uh, the things that have gone awry or horribly wrong and those forces that are invested in it through manipulation, deception, fear-mongering, etc. And I hope that and I pray that this message that you're sending out uh, is received by those who want to see deeper into these issues and recognize, as you have, that there are Israelis there as well that see it. Although we're a small percentage point everywhere we go. Uh, I, th I believe we're going through this. Again, sorry, Rob. <laughs> I feel like I'm disturbing you because I do enjoy listening to you. But one last thing. Yeah. I address what I address to the people of the world. I would like to address the Muslim people of the world, the Arab people of the world, who get also their mainstream media from wherever. Listen, regardless of what you get, I'm not your enemy. And I'm not saying it because I'm afraid. I'm saying it as an equal. I'm not your enemy. Jews and Arabs are not enemies. We are cousins. We are friends. We are neighbors. The governments, our governments, steal from us, cheat, deceit, and, and obviously now hurt us. That's what we need to remember. Who is against us? Because our... How you say our mutual enemy makes us friends or something like that? Yeah. I don't know how it goes in English. Um, yeah, yeah, so just remember that because this is so crucial this time to remember it. And I will send you obviously the interview of uh, Professor Matthias, which is highly important. And uh, we'll yeah, add them to the show notes here so everybody can watch as well when this airs. Yeah. Uh, Shai, I know you have other interviews you've got to conduct, and I don't want to hold you over. Yes. I, I'm again fascinated by your on the ground reporting as well, and I appreciate your your ability to, to come on here and do that. I know. You've been through a lot, and that's an understatement. 
And, you know, we've all uh, felt the, the heat of pressure, even as you talk about, is Mossad listening the same thing we have? Is CIA listening? Sure. FBI listening in America? Are you anti-American? No, we're very pro-American. Uh, we're pro-freedom. But we recognize that there has been such, uh, you know, generations of deception that uh, when you start seeing through it, it's, it's like you feel like, is this my country anymore? Is this my government anymore? And there are very valid questions to ask and 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 communicate and and uh, well, we we've got to have these conversations. I agree. Yeah. Thanks a uh, lot, Rob. Thanks for the opportunity. Shalom, Lahit Rot, Laila Shalom, We'll talk again soon. Please, God bless us all. Thanks. God bless you, Shai Danone. Uh, there in Israel. Thank you, Shai. I'm going to continue on now with uh, well, my thoughts on on that interview as well as. Uh, recognizing if I, if I take, you know, what is the experience in Israel and bring it to my experience as an American, um, yes, of, of, you know, Jewish heritage and descent. And of course, having a mother that was born in what was, you know, once Palestine became Israel, as well as uh, having family there, but also recognizing that just as Shai had said, the government is not the people, you know, and you remember in America, we have this concept of government of the people, by the people, for the people. It hasn't been that in a long time. Now, does that make me anti-American any more than Shai is anti-Israel? Uh, no, it, it recognizes that the uh, usurpation, if you will, the, the deception, the stealing, if you will, of our own representative government, whether you think it's a democracy or as whether we say in America, a Republican form of government that's guaranteed to us by the Constitution and every state constitution, which gets into other dilemmas of, you know, movements creeping uh, incrementally towards socialism and even communism, which is uh, abhorrent to the Constitution, much less, I believe, uh, to the spiritual freedom of a people, because in those cases, you then rely upon government as your God and not God as God. And that, again, is a spiritual crisis. And I see it in Israel. I see it in countries all over the world. And I see it here in the United States of America. So what, what are we to do? Can we get outside of the programming of hatred? Because is it God that, that stimulates us to hate one another and to hate our brothers and sisters in creation? Or is it something lesser than that, something lower than that, something uh, uh, more sinister or sinister to, to, to start that proclaims itself to be here to save us, to protect us. If we would only what get the jab, if we would only mask, if we would only distance, or if we would only give the government more emergency powers to fix this. And if our government is incapable of it, if it, if we could only as Biden would like to do grant the, the, the world health organization, the powers to, to save us from ourselves when we don't want to comply with ridiculous pharmaceutical injections that do nothing but destroy our health and maybe, uh, you know, drive us into transhumanist states before we even realize what's happening via injection. So these are, you know, tough things to confront when we have our bias, you know, and any, look, I try to acknowledge my bias, my belief in freedom. I have a bias. My default setting is freedom. And anybody that comes against that, you know, I'm tending not to be so uh, gracious in my interaction, although I'll try and find, is there any place where there is a love of freedom that is still there in somebody who proclaims a desire to grant a centralized bureaucracy or government more power over me and my family or over the people, which is, again, anathema to uh, a Republican form of government 
that yes, there are democratic uh, principles, if you if you will, there are votes that occur, but to say that also we are saving the world for democracy is another deception. When we talk about the American deception, where we have been deceived since the progressive era of the late 19th century, as Jonathan Ebord has written in his book, The Authoritarians, we have been deceived to believe that democracy is a higher form of government that actually responds to the needs of the people or protects the rights of the people which are uh, confused and conflated to be privileges granted to you by government if you are part of the special group, if you get in the club, even if it's not the club, it's a club that you perceive, hey, man, I get special access, I get special whatever privileges, we'll call them rights, and then you find out each subgroup within a group of humans is then granted special privileges that they'll call rights. You know, this is the confusion, if you will, about the, you know, the name LGBTQ, on and on it goes. It's like you have rights by virtue of your existence, rights given to you by God or a creator, whether you claim or proclaim to be gay, lesbian, whatever the initials stand for, your rights are not coming to you because you're a member of any group or group of letters, but because you exist, because you, you, you breathe. And very few governments, if any, other than the United States, at least initially, acknowledge that rights come from a creator, not government. Now, over the course of time, we've seen consciousness shift and we talk about the origin point of America and there are people trying to destroy her by destroying history to acknowledge that even Thomas Jefferson spoke out against slavery and spoke out in favor of the rights of all people. All people. And you say, but he owned slaves. And again, we go back to the historical realities of the time and say, what is the contextual reality at that point in time? And how was it able to be changed? And how was anything able to be changed? Consciousness shifts because I believe our love of God and creation recognition that our brothers and sisters, whatever color skin they have, whatever religious belief they have, whatever political belief they have, are created, as we say, in the image of God. Maybe not physically. That's another you know, argument to another dis- uh, level of discussion. But to come here and experience all that life has to offer, to experiment, to screw up royally even, to make horrible choices. And of course, we talk, we talk about war on this planet, the warring planet that it has been for thousands of years of recorded history, perhaps longer. Because consciousness or the lack thereof is something that is easy to manipulate through, again, fear, through setting human against human based on distinctions and differences that may be very real on some level, but don't necessarily rise to the point of you're so different. I want to kill you or I want to conquer you again, consciousness. And that comes from, of course, the individual connection. And shy was great in talking about that 5% or whatever percentage is of those of you who have hesitate to use the word awaken, because again, hashtag woke or wake is, is really going back to sleep in a deeper slumber to be manipulated by those who want to stimulate hatred and anger. And of course, through fear to divide us so that then they can conquer us. And then the question is who's the real enemy for those who are Arabs or Muslims? Is it Jewish people? Well, how does that explain the history of those areas? Yeah, there was conflict throughout history, but there's been conflict throughout history everywhere you go, but yet left to our own accord, without manipulation in that at that level 
our inclination is to find a way to get along with people, isn't it? Or, or is your first thought when you get up and go out to the grocery store, I want to find somebody I can have a conflict with, somebody I disagree with, and I'm going to punch them in the nose or who knows what else. I mean, is that your first thought, really? Do you think that's the average human's first thought? Unless they're on an SSRI drug and manipulated, you know, as we know from the pharmaceutical construct, to believe that every emotion is due to a lack of a drug that they give you that removes the governor on your behavior, and then you are willing to engage in suicidal or homicidal, uh, not only ideations, but behaviors that result in, in absolute disasters. I mean, is that, do you think that the average American, much less average Israeli or Arab, they, they wake up? Granted, there are people that have been programmed into what we call extreme behaviors that include violence against other human beings. But I'll even call out the, the Christian conservatives over time here to speak about, you know, the abortion issue. If you believe that life begins at conception, then of course you're going to do whatever you can to defend life. And those who are pro-abortion, if you will, don't tend to, to find out why is it you believe what you believe or what is it that you believe to understand why do you act the way you do based on your beliefs. Yet at the same time, many conservative Christians have had no problem getting behind let's say, uh, manipulative uh, aspects of our own government that aren't truly constitutional to go to war undeclared as it is against people, whether they be a brown, black, or otherwise around the country or different religions. And in there, you're killing babies in the womb. You're killing babies that have been born and children and women. And you say, well, oh, that's different. Is it? Is it without a true declaration where you say we have a mortal enemy that if we do not act in this way, it's going to potentially wipe us out? I, I have these, you know, these questions and they are troubling. But when you begin to look at them from your unique perspective as a human being, having, I hope, you know, human experiences, spiritual being, having human experiences, if you will, on this planet, and seeing the historical reference points, some of which we got to discuss briefly with Shai this hour, you begin perhaps to step outside of that, whether it be the 30% of complete manipulation and true believers in fear, living in fear, or whether it be that so-called middle ground, 60% or so that goes, you know, I'll just kind of go along with it. And, you know, if we, if we go back again to the origin of the United States, interestingly enough, I don't believe it was the vast majority of people that wanted to take on the crown of England and, and you know, the largest empire the world had ever seen to that point and say, yeah, we're going to declare our independence and piss off the King and, and have, you know, the, the global power at that point, uh, come over and, uh, you know, overtly, you know, have war, but the people at that time believed so strongly in religious liberty, religious freedom, spiritual freedom, as well as political freedom, economic freedom, and all of that, that they were willing to risk their lives, you know, their honor, their sacred fortune, all of that, sacred honor, fortune, all of that, for an idea, an idea that is not often welcomed by the governments of the planet that we're on. Because, well, the power corrupting, the absolute power corrupting absolutely, Men or women who do not have a godly relationship or relationship with God, however you perceive that to be, will often be deceived into believing that the purpose for being here on this planet is to gain power. But the irony, of course, with the love of God 
And the connection with the divine is that you gain more power than you could ever gain in reality by conquering governments, toppling governments and becoming, you know, high, high end power brokers within the governmental system, much less, you know, global corporate, uh, you know, aristocracies, et cetera. Because that power pales in comparison to the, the, the power of love, the power of divine love, the power of God. But the deception is something that we always are living with. As long as we have a body, a mind here on this planet, the so-called warring planet, we are always subject to this manipulation. And every time we think we've achieved it, we've gotten beyond it, even the 5%, don't get cocky. The moment you think you're there, suddenly the dark forces manipulate you back into a, a lesser position a position of fear, a position of, oh my gosh, but this time it's real. I've got to now take up whatever the, uh, you know, the call to arms is. And believe me, look at my shirt. If you're those of you watching this live, I mean, I believe in the right to keep and bear arms. The right to self-defense is a, a right from God, not government. The second amendment doesn't, def you know, grant me the right to keep and bear arms in America. It acknowledges a pre-existing right of self-defense that we have by our very existence. Now, not every country acknowledges that. In fact, many of them have given up on if, if they ever had that because of, again, fear, manipulation, horrible events where people are manipulated to do horrible things, false flag events that in, impact real people and, in fact, cause real loss of life. But with each uh, event, shooting event, mass shooting event, school shooting event, I come back to the hypocrisy now on the so-called political left that has been manipulated as well. And I asked the question, uh, is it uh, the firearm itself that did it? Or is it the person holding the gun? And what happened to them? How much is that a pharmaceutical manipulation? And even if it's not that, how much of it has been a manipulation of, uh, you know, mass psychosis or psychology played out through CIA, mind control games, MK Ultra? And then I step back and I go, all right, every loss of life is a tragedy. Yet I believe in the continuity of life beyond this life. So I know that they're not really dead per se. Physically, of course, the body has been taken back, but they still exist. That doesn't mean I don't value life just because I believe in a continuity of life beyond that. But I would ask if you truly believe in sanctity of life, why would you not speak out against the pharmaceutical industrial complex, which kills more people every year than the military industrial complex? Now, I know it's a bit uncomfortable because we've grown up, most of us in the West, even if we claim to be Christian, Jew, Muslim, Buddhist, Agist, whatever you are, that we have often put aside the belief in God or something greater than us, a spiritual belief, and accepted a lesser belief in terms of the body, the control of our bodies. We've turned over our bodies, maybe our minds even, to the priestcraft and the church of pharmaceutical mysticism, and we give them a pass because they have a license granted by government, interestingly enough, to kill, to slaughter innocents, women, children, adult males, to everybody, through their medicines, through their injections. And we witnessed that overtly in a way that we had never witnessed that in our lifetime since the atrocities of World War II in Nazi Germany, the experimentation on humans that we look back and we're appalled by it. But even in Israel, they lost that history and said, yeah, go ahead and experiment upon me. Netanyahu sells the, the, the Jewish, the Israeli people out to uh, Pfizer. And still they go, we're not sure why we're protesting here, but we, we're upset, we're angsty, we're, we're angry, but you've been manipulated. 
And it doesn't mean there's no legitimate anger or a legit legitimate reason to be angry. But what do you do with that anger? Do you, do you, you know, lash out in violence against your enemy? Or do you recognize that enemy may not in fact be your enemy, that they have been manipulated, and that the better tool long-term is to live that godly life, to live that life of love. And I'm not saying this naively to, uh, you know, there's there's arguments if we talk about uh, Mahatma Gandhi and his, you know, pacifist uh, mechanism, which of course did ultimately result in the turning back of the British Empire in India, although there's still a lot of influence there. But there is a role to play in terms of standing in the light, maintaining your integrity and not, not for convenience sake, bending over and taking it. I don't believe that I am obligated to fund my captors, to fund those who would enslave me and enslave my children, those who would, in, in, in what would you say, mandate investigational dangerous injections. My obligation as an American is certainly to support freedom and to learn about the history of America, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, but not to abandon it under an emergency. And isn't that an interesting concept? It's an emergency. Abandon the Constitution. How many times have we covered this? How have I covered this with myself, my perspective, and other guests? Well, where's the escape clause in the Constitution? And for those of you who are followers of the Bible, the Old Testament known as the Hebrew Scriptures or going into things like the Ten Commandments, whatever it is that guides your life to live, uh, uh, let's say, a more godly life or Christ-like life, for those of you who uh, go into the uh, New Testament and, and uh, have adopted that, how many of you found in the Bible that there's an escape clause when there's an emergency declared? Is that what it means by rendering under Caesar that which is Caesar's? Where was that in the Bible? How does it explain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's an emergency here, so uh, uh, we can't. You can't worship the way you feel is right, the way you were described to to do so in in your religious text. The government has said you can't do it for your own safety. And you go, yeah, okay, all right, whatever the government says, it's an emergency. Now we have to abandon the Ten Commandments, the Bible, whatever, whatever your spiritual text is that you believe. How deep does the deception rabbit hole go? Well, I think it's deep and it's shallow. It's narrow and it's broad. It, it, it is what it, it is to succeed. If you believe in a negative power, a negative force that exists, Luciferian agendas, could it be that those agendas are here to train us? Not in a bad way. That ultimately... To, to bring us back to that place of God and love and spirit, that we go down those rabbit holes, manipulated as we are, in order to experience that which we ultimately decide we don't like that. For those of you who watch and listen regularly to the Robert Scott Bell Show, you probably don't embrace those negative pathways anymore, if you ever did. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I look at my life, and I was like, yeah, I've screwed up, I've made bad choices, I believe the wrong things. I may have even harmed people inadvertently. But at a point of awakening, not like a hashtag woke, a false awakening, but an awakening that brings you back to the love of creation and appreciation for life and all that it is, including the freedom to make bad choices. 
Maybe we can come back and uh, to our spiritual sanity. Because all of these crises, even if we can point out to them as being political and economic or other medical, do they not manifest more in places where people have abandoned their connection to the divine, your relationship to the most holy? And if and if the, your instructions from that which is most holy is not the same as what your government leaders are saying, does that mean you are against your government or your country? Does it mean those people have abandoned righteousness in terms of, in the United States anyway, a limited government instituted among men to defend life, liberty, and property, not to run roughshod over it, both in a foreign and domestic way. So as we wrap up this hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show special edition, these are the things that come to my mind from time to time, maybe a lot of the time, but certainly stimulated in the thought. I want to thank uh, Shai Danon uh, from Israel to share those heartfelt uh, messages. I hope that they land on your heart. If you have hatred in your heart for any group of people, automatically manipulated into being and begin to step back and see the human being, the individual, and honor that, defend that, protect that, and connect with that and build spiritual friendships with that and see how much more extraordinary your life could be in doing so. God bless you all. Thank you for being here with me on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Please support us. Uh, We have a a Patreon page. You can support us even as little as five bucks a month. And we have our monthly AMA on Zoom. And there are wonderful folks that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. And kudos to them for having the courage to step up, stand out, for if it's the 5% or the growing, whatever number percentage it is, but not wait until everybody is going the same direction, but to stand up on principle and bring the power to heal back where it belongs, including political healing. It's with each and every one of you. Thank you for being here. God bless you. The power to heal is yours. Did you know? Okay, welcome back. Hour two of the Robert Scott Bell Show commences now. Super Don, he's just ready to go at least a little bit. Uh, Checking in with you, my brother. I really appreciate the ability to go around the world and hear from people, as I say, on the ground. You know, we've had the talks and discussions about, you know, the media and and who do you trust? Who can you trust? Are they are they telling you a little bit of truth just to make it plausible and the rest is made up? I I think like the. uh, the reporter from BBC interacting with uh, what's the guy uh, Elon Musk the other day. It was real illustrative of of how the media operates. You know they they are you know sent on a witch hunt in a sense. You know it's like here I want you to do this story and and this angle here's the angle and there might be some semblance that a reporter has a little bit of something even though that reporter had nothing and then they kind of fill in the blanks with a bunch of garbage that is not even real not attached to any reality other than a belief system or a preconceived idea that they want to promote. And so, uh, you know, I, I look at, uh, you know, what the media does and I'm not surprised again that, it, cause it's not new to me, but when we interview someone like Shai Danone from Israel, right from the heart of it and get information that you just don't get because there's a lot of, well, let's face it, anti-Israel sentiment. And as we discussed candidates, 
there's a lot to be against if you're an Israeli in your own government. And, and, you know, that's where we self-efface and like I do about our own government here in America, the willingness to go, you know, yeah, I criticize that. That reminds me of the bit. Did you ever see the bit that Jon Stewart did on The Daily Show where he was, you know, he had some things to say about the, uh, Israel and the Israeli government and the stuff that was going on there. And he, he would... Uh, he would he'd start to bring up uh, very grad. He'd just be like, well, you know, there might be some things that I don't quite agree with. And suddenly all these people pop up and they start yelling at him. You self-hating Jew. <laughs> yeah. You remember? I, I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, but, I did. I did. It, yeah. But the, the thing is. And, and but he was did. pointing out the fact that, you know, the, the, it, it feels like you can't criticize anything that goes on in Israel. Otherwise, you're attacked for doing it. Right. Right. Well, and then the thing is, it, it's a sensitive subject. And. I hope y'all would listen. If you didn't see the first hour with Shai, uh, take a, absorb it. Listen, you know, there's a, ma- a man of great passion, conviction, and belief. And, you know, looking at uh, all of the rhetoric out there that doesn't take into account the very individual ideas about what freedom, existence, love, hate, all of the war, and, and things like that. And we're hearing so much of what's happening here in the United States of America mirroring what's happening in Israel. It seems like it happens first in Israel and then the rest of the world, you know, jumps on Israel about it. But the people are the people anymore. Do I want the people of planet Earth to look at America and think, Robert, you are just like Joe Biden because Joe Biden is your president and you're guilty of everything that Joe Biden has done in, you know, setting forth the, the disastrous, uh, you know, episodes in Ukraine, what may be happening in China, et cetera. No. And I think it's important to distinguish that human aspect of this that it's the government's controlled also by external sources or other nefarious uh, uh, agendas that muck it up for all the people that are just wanting to live their lives, get along with people, even people with whom they disagree, right? And that's a big theme for us, Super D, as Gen Xers. It's like, what's the big deal, man? We don't have to agree on it. For our best friends we disagreed with. And it was like, no problem. So, or if you, or if you disagree with somebody, you just didn't hang out with them or something. I mean, you know, just whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. If it, if it, you know, if you had, a, you didn't a, seek it out, you know, yeah. it's just like, whatever, move on. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we got a great hour here and I, I don't want to belabor low, uh, you know, uh, I know being all serious and stuff. Uh, and lighten it up with, uh, it is a Friday, Robert. Come on. It is. I know. I know it was an intense subject matter, but, uh, we go from, uh, let's see, we go from, uh, Israel to Poland, maybe. Poland to Egypt, Egypt to America. Why not go a little bit international this hour since we were last hour and um, the co-host of The Preacher and the Polish Girl here on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network. And and then a very special guest uh, later on in this hour, uh, Lori Harvey, our good friend, uh, will join us for a discussion. And uh, we'll talk, who knows what we'll talk about heading into the weekend. I know one of the things we'll talk about is uh, the birthday girl to be for those of you listening and watching uh, semi-live on the 14th of April, that's Friday, heading into Saturday, the 15th of April. It's a great day to celebrate because it's Ula Tinsley's birthday. Let me be the first to wish you happy birthday, Ula. Oh, thank you. <laughs> hey, how thank awesome you. is that? And, I, and by the way, I'm wearing my Trinity shirt because I know you've gone through Trinity. And also this week is the Founders Day week. And yes, all kinds of special deals on Trinity merchandise, including like this awesome hoodie. Uh, they might be running some specials because we're going into warmer weather, although it got cold again here. I was in mm-hmm. t-shirts already and now I'm back in my uh, my hoodie. But shout out to everybody from Trinity School of Natural Health, graduates, students, etc. Take advantage of the deals this month 
or this week, I shall say, because they expire today, the 14th. So jump yes. on it, including uh, big deals on the uh, CNHP and CHHP programs and significant discounts on lectures on demand as well. Yes. Yeah. Definitely so, take advantage of those. So, Super D, do we have another Preacher and the Polish Girl episode? I should ask Ula, not you, but you're the, the game. You know, uh, we just, you know, to be, you know, it's like, it's funny because uh, Ula <laughs> and and uh, Leslie both, they, 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 they're very kind and very uh, apologetic. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I, I'm just like, you don't have to apologize. It's okay. It's your podcast. You could you could do one. You could do ten. It's okay. It's not yeah. not a big deal. It's not like I'm I'm sitting there like like going, where's the podcast? How come there's no podcast? Yes, it's all good. I know life yeah. life happens, right? So life um, happens. We'll have one soon, I'm sure. Okay. Um, but we'll have one tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. Yes, excellent. Excellent. So uh, that's super done. And by the way, let me let me just just give her a little bit of uh, some some kudos here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ula. Mm-hmm. has learned how to basically do everything by herself. She just sends me the podcast <laughs> now. Oh, she she asked me, she was like, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? And stuff like that. So I showed her how to, how to do the editing and how to do the stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she's not only a podcaster, but she's a, 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 a audio editor and, and, and the whole deal. I mean, Look, she's I, just, I, I, think I had a good teacher. We have to talk to <laughs> her husband, Mark to see if we can have her do more stuff for our show because she's so awesome. Uh, you don't underestimate Ula, she's like <laughs> engineer brilliance that she has to go. Yeah, just tell me what wow. to do, and she's doing it. So we love that. Well, I thank, thank you. I thank you. And Super D, thanks for making it all go and sound well. Uh, sound so so good. Let me let me just say that. And yeah. uh, for, for those of you who haven't caught the preacher and the Polish girl, uh, it's it's just what a, what a wonderful husband and wife team, caring, loving, you know, committed, and sharing. Uh, Sharing yes. as well, yeah. And you know, is, is, if you don't know Ula, she's also uh, been raising her, you know, her son and daughter. But her son was injured by uh, the vaccines before they knew better, mm-hmm. and so that's a big part of your passion. Uh, being an autism mama bear as well, and oh yes, talk about you know a number of things related to that. But I know that today we want to talk a little bit about fasting. Uh, yes, and of course Friday I fast every every week. I used to you know growing up. Uh, Yom Kippur was my fat day of fasting as a, you know, it was harder as a child. And of course I wasn't healthy back then, even though mm-hmm. I was young, uh, to go, you know, sundown to sundown, it was a, just a task. I mean, I'm like, I could hardly, Oh man, make it a couple of hours between meals. Back yeah. And, and yet now going without food for a day or, you know, four hours, you know, on a day that I didn't mm-hmm. plan to fast, it's not a problem. And that also relates to, again, physiological health, but I also, know the benefit of fasting from a spiritual discipline perspective. Yes. And, and I talk about how, um, for me anyway, when I don't eat, I can focus on other things. And that is including the, you know, the presence of spirit in my life to stay mm-hmm. a little bit more disciplined in that regard to see the divinity in all things and all people as well. And right. that's a challenge for us all, I believe. Yes. And speaking about the preacher and the Polish girl, we did one episode on fasting and uh, I mentioned some health benefits from fasting, but we also touched on the uh, religious side of fasting and how the fasting can be uh, not to get the answers from God, but it changes your uh, approach to prayer. Yeah. So uh, you you get the better connection with the Lord. You you are truly devoted, and you know it's it's a sacrifice. It's a surrender it's a true worship so fasting can be a form of
worship, mm -hmm. worshiping God. Mm -hmm. And uh, this way, you know, when you are abstaining from food or from delicacies like, you know, sweets or desserts and stuff like that, uh, you are truly surrendering to to the Lord, and you are truly focused on bringing petitions before the throne of grace, and uh, really embracing your spiritual well-being. Well, what you're talking about is engaging in a fast consciously. Absolutely, so, yes. To, to kind of go in with intent. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, these are the things, and and I know some people will just fast because they want to lose weight or whatever. Sure. But the reality is, it's so much. The opportunity is so much greater than just the changing of your physiology or mm -hmm. your physical body. And I, and I say, take advantage of the discipline on all the levels of all, of all the bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, I've said about the fast, yep. the, uh, the harder fast would be what I call a mental fast. You know, imagine, Ooh, uh, yes. think about keeping your mind disciplined. Like, you know, if you want to focus mm -hmm. on something spiritually uplifting, whether it's Christ or whatever it is that, mm -hmm. that lights you up. If you try to do that just mentally, watch how fast you will stray from that. Oh, yes. You know. And that's exactly what happens, you know, when I fast for health reasons, like even if it's a prolonged fast, mm -hmm. I can go, okay, usually the first two days are the hardest. On the third day, I get this boost of energy and uh, clarity of mind and I don't feel tired. Uh, but of course, you have to take it easy because mm -hmm. it's just a um, superficial strength and uh, energy because you can really harm yourself when you do a lot of exercises and so on during fasting. So you have yeah. to take it easy on prolonged fast. Anyway, but uh, when I do it for health reasons, I don't feel hungry at all. You know, okay, every now and then. So then I can drink uh, mm. some water or even uh, lemon water or uh, green tea. Um, I don't do just pure water fast mm -hmm. uh, because I, I usually take my supplements as well, the whole food form of supplements. Yeah. So they are not synthetic and hurt, hurting me while I'm right. fasting. But I do that and, and I go fine. But when I do this uh, for a specific purpose, when I really want to show the Lord that I'm really committed to pray for this specific situations and um, I really commit to fasting, I get hungry as soon as I decide to fast. Mm. It's like constantly, I, I can think of everything else, but it's like food, food, food. Oh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And my stomach's like... Uh -huh. yeah. So it's like... There is definitely spiritual side of that as well that, you know, the the spiritual darker world doesn't like. Oh, trying to, dis, you know, uh, get you to give up on it. Hey, how oh, yes. a piece of chocolate, you know. Pie? Oh, yes. Is, by the way, does Leslie make chocolate pies? I had to ask her oh, about that. I'm thinking already about the, the RFB family union. You said you and your family are going to plan to be there? We are planning on less unforeseen circumstances, but we are definitely determined to go i will be challenged because i imagine we'll be there what a friday saturday sunday and mm -hmm. friday my day of fast I, I i rarely if ever don't do that it's become a you know right. a routine a ritual for me and i'm like how can i hold off till sunset for pie i don't know i might <laughs> we'll see what happens we can do it together as a team okay all right like group fast <laughs> very good very good so uh tomorrow uh if you're those of you listening live on the 14th the 15th april a uh, very special birthday celebration for Ula. We we send all our love and and uh, we're 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 all blessed. I believe for having you on this planet this time. You've brought oh, a lot of light you. love into our lives, and uh, he, great humor as well, and uh, occasionally the silly <laughs> accent that we appreciate too. And uh, so, you. how does twenty eight feel? Oh, amazing! Yes, 
yes, it's it's amazing to celebrate my 28th birthday again. So <laughs> yes, every year it's it's something new and it's always the 28th birthday. So yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> so um you guys uh springtime, have you put the uh things in in the ground in the garden and planted outside? Not yet, yet because we had those crazy frosting yeah. nights and you know it was like uh the crazy winds and uh, storms and i think tonight is gonna be another stormy night so they said to hold off until middle of april with planting so yeah i'll be starting my garden a little Big bit point. late but soon, yes soon, soon. all right well, i good. already got my organic seeds and uh, little seedlings mm -hmm. so ready i'm ready all right so uh, let's talk something about the uh, spring cleaning I know uh -huh, uh, yes. my, my, my wife, Nancy has been like all over, like, you know, getting more energy to go, <laughs> let's, uh, let's clean this out, clear this out. And I'm ready. You know, it's a little warmer get out in the garage, whatever oh, yeah. we do that. But we also often, uh, in the spring, think about cleansing the body yes. as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that your liver only works in the spring. So I, I don't mean to not <laughs> do that throughout the year. I always support my liver, but you know, a little bit more, let's say, uh, intent, intent action. And mm -hmm. you mentioned to me off the air that you're going to be starting a 28 day juice detox. Yes, sir. Yes. Together what? as a team, uh, Mark and I, mm -hmm. we decided to do the general spring cleaning because right. we accumulated those things over the years. And even though we do a uh, gentle detox, um, like at least every three months, mm -hmm. and we do support our liver with selenium, with some milk thistle and dandelion tea mm -hmm. and all different things, but it's good to do occasional general spring cleaning. So we were watching this documentary by Jason Vale. Uh, I think it was Super Juice Me. Mm -hmm. And he was, uh, he used to have this documentary, I think in the early 2000s, 2011 maybe um and he uh he encouraged people with all kinds of uh, autoimmune diseases and diabetes heart conditions high blood pressure to go to the spa in portugal and do the 28 day juice cleanse and it's just juice hmm. kind of like gerson therapy but uh, i don't think he incorporated coffee enemas Right. And you're not talking we, about going to the grocery store to get high C or tan. Oh, no way. No way. No plastic bottle, yeah. pre-made juice. No, no, no. I mean, there are some good options that you can buy freshly squeezed juice, usually lasting up to two, three days is good for two, three days. And you, you know that it's fresh without any preservatives mm. or when it's uh, airtight and stuff like that. So well, we have uh, 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 gallons of uh, carrot juice that we harvested and, oh. and juice right from our own garden. Yes. And we immediately froze it. Yes. So we can thaw it out and use it. And it'll be like it's mm -hmm. fresh uh, and to have some of that going forward. So do you, are you going to, do you have a juicer? You can take those fresh vegetables and fruits. I have and, a juicer. Yes. Yeah. I have a juicer and we went to Whole Foods and we bought bags and bags of fresh fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. mainly vegetables. Uh, we want to focus on that. And I used to do the, it was like two week, maybe just over two weeks um, juicing, uh, just fast, juice fast when we we're in Cyprus. So it was years ago and I felt so good. And I told Mark, I was like, you know, you remember how great we felt? He didn't last that long, but I was like, if imagine if we did this for 28 days. And uh, he was like, well, I'm worried I will not have energy to work out. And then we did some research that you can actually work out and not lose your muscle weight, mm -hmm. uh, like with water fast, because you get all those nutrients and it's like condensed nutrients. And no, it doesn't cause diabetes. It reverses diabetes. 
unless you continue in such big quantities and you focus on sure. fruit juice rather than vegetable juice, then of course uh, the fructose eventually will pile up. But if it's 28 days, yeah. not less, not more. That's a reset. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes, the so glucose I, levels stabilize. Even if you're hypoglycemic, like I was, I had tendency to be hypoglycemic. I usually have very low blood sugar, but now taking chromium and all the other supplements and eating wholesome diet, yeah. honestly, everything just balanced. Yeah, well, so, and that's why I can do a fast, and and it, it's not so so much of a struggle. Even yes. in the midst of a very busy in in days where I'm putting out energy. You know, you think like on a fasting day, oh, I need to rest and not do anything. But the, you know, quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. It becomes true. You mm -hmm. get more energy, yes. function. You get more clarity, etc. Like I, I'll, I've done some fasts on days when I'm getting to do a big presentation later mm -hmm. in the day, and it's it's the clarity is amazing. Yes. Um, so I, I imagine we're going to be hearing some stories over the course of the next few preacher and the Polish girl episodes. That yeah. While you're fasting and your husband. Actually, Marshall. we're gonna document it. So we're okay. going to make our own little mini documentary just to prove mm -hmm. how it is before. So we're going to do the little before a video yeah. uh, with all our weight and measurements. Mm -hmm. Maybe at least I will share mine. Maybe my husband is a little bit more reserved, mm -hmm. but we're going to show and also the close up on the skin because the skin clears up so much yeah. uh, wrinkles. You know, they, they plump up and the skin is more tight and rejuvenated. Forget collagen. I mean, collagen is great, but uh, just the natural juice, the yeah. freshly squeezed juice, it's, it does wonders. Well, I remember you want collagen to work, you need copper. Yes. Yeah, so yes. you can drink some bioactive copper hydrosol in the mix if you want. But uh, uh, by the way, the uh, Jason Vale documentaries, we, uh, we have the YouTube link for that, for those mm -hmm. that want to watch that, and also another link. Uh, uh, Healthline article you sent fasting and cancer. yes, the benefits. Yes, it can actually. Um, well, we cannot say officially uh, cure cancer, but it can definitely reduce some of the symptoms. And even on Healthline, it says that the fasting, uh, fasting glucose production, stem cells triggered to regenerate the immune system, mm -hmm. balance nutritional intake, of course. And then increased production of tumor-killing cells. So it's like taking glutathione and um, and acetyl, uh, whatever. Yes, no. yes. NAC. You know the NAC. Yes, yeah. uh, like in big quantities and eating like uh, buckets of broccolis with uh, sulforaphane mm -hmm. and uh, yes. So it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and also, I, I know that Mark is also doing the cardio miracle every day, which is oh, yes. great with a fast because it enhances the autophagy process. Yes, absolutely. Which is part of what is enhanced by fasting. So it's a very complimentary way to go through it. Uh, and, Actually, uh, cardio miracle helps both of my boys. Oh, yeah. Mark, yes. It gives him more energy to work out and he can definitely feel the difference when he doesn't take it. Yeah. And also Michael, my autistic 16-year-old son, mm -hmm. he takes Cardio Miracle every day. And when we when we don't have it, he demands it. And it's like, hey, Cardio Miracle, Cardio mm -hmm. Miracle. So he loves it. And, uh, of course, it's combined with all the other treatments and therapies uh, that we incorporate. But I believe Cardio Miracle really levels his B12 because it's a huge dose of B12. But it's the methylated B12, not cyanocobalamin. Right. Um, then all the other minerals and everything. So he is now opening up to having a uh, whole food 
plant-based diet rather than sticking to his chicken and i mean it was chicken yeah. every day it still is but now yeah. occasionally he's like oh maybe it's too much chicken so we're trying to balance the omega-6s and omega-3s and um, we are of course grateful for cardio miracle because it does make a difference in our life yeah so if we're looking at all the things you've learned as well many moms mm -hmm. have learned particularly uh, it is what they call Autism Awareness Month, and Absolutely. I see people trying to convert it to Autism Acceptance Month. I'm like, what is that? I mean, you're trying to. to these are the acceptance. People I understand what they mean. Yeah. Um. You know, it's uh, the neural diversity. But for me, accepting when someone is different. So mm -hmm. from the mom's perspective, Autism Mama Bear, yeah. uh, I want my son to be accepted and uh, incorporated in um, like uh, social activities with other peer groups and stuff like that. So in this aspect, acceptance, yes, acceptance uh, of a person, but not accepting the fact that autism just happens and we don't know how it happens yeah. and so on. And actually, I was invited to speak at the Western Piedmont Community College in North Carolina twice really? already. I mean, three times, but twice this year Yeah. Uh, to speak about autism. And I had some people asking me questions like, so, okay, we, know, we understand that autism is on the rise, but what causes autism? So, of course, I wasn't allowed to speak about vaccines per se, yeah. but I mentioned vaccines as one of the environmental triggers that may cause autism or autism-like behaviors. And then, of course, I talked about uh, environmental pollutions and food we eat and water we drink. And I had one of the students there was also on the spectrum and uh, I didn't mean to, but I just caused her to panic because she was like, well, I'm drinking tap water and now I cannot drink water. I'm like, no, 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 that's fine. You know, I'll show you there are filters, there are ways to yeah. purify your water. Don't worry, you'll be fine. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. but yes, I was talking about the statistics. And of course, because it's a public school, a little woke, I had to bring CDC stats mm -hmm. yeah. i don't like the stats but i was like oh actually it's good because uh, you can see that the cdc gives those uh, statistics so uh, according to cdc let me read this uh, the first report included one in 150 u.s individuals are diagnosed with autism in 2023 this number increased by 22 percent in two years and 317 percent since the cdc beca began counting so mm -hmm. since uh, 20, uh, 2000, year 2000, 317% increase. And then if you go to takanow.org, you can see um, uh, the quote by the founder and the CEO of uh, Taka. Uh, it was Lisa Ackerman. Mm -hmm. And she said, the CDC prevalence figure is showing a true increase in those being diagnosed with autism. We are not better at diagnosing. There is no widening of the diagnostic criteria or any other excuses. We have more autism, period. With the reality of this increase, I hope more people will care. As the number of cases continues to increase at an alarming rate, the result of their children need services and support. How was and that so received when you pointed out that it wasn't better diagnosed? I went, yeah, oh yes, they were shocked. And they're like, but didn't they include the now all kinds of like uh, sensory integration under the autism umbrella and Asperger's? I was like, no, no, that was before 2000. Yeah. 
-hmm. So no, criteria didn't change. And that's from CDC as well. They said that they didn't add any criteria. So yeah. no, it's not because of better diagnosing. It's because we have autism on the rise. And then I brought some statistics which really opened their eyes and they're like, we didn't realize the cost of autism. Mm -hmm. So I started by sharing uh, the lifetime cost uh, of autism. I, of course, I started with the number of autism cases rising. And then uh, we were talking about the lifetime social cost. So social costs associated with autism for 1990 to 2019 are estimated at $7 trillion. $7 trillion. And that was between this uh, 39 years. If the rate of increase in prevalence continues, cost to society could reach nearly 15 trillion by 2029. 15 trillion. Wow. I mean, that's a humongous amount. And these estimates only reflect what society pays and not the additional expenses families incur out of their own pockets. And of course, we're talking about one person needs to quit job and be a staying home, stay at home. I mean, in those more severe cases, which are oh. on the rise, we're not talking about the Asperger's and the genius syndrome and ex fragile syndrome and so on. We're talking about the severely autistic children. Did you, did you have a lot of questions come in after this? Yes. They're yeah. like, why? What does it mean the cost to society? Why is it such a cost to society? Because of the therapies? No, because then the statistics say 49% uh, of adults live with a parent or relative until they die. So almost 50% of those adults with autism who grow up, they will have to live with their parents. Then the other 27% will live in a group home. So again, that's a cost for society because who's going to pay for that? Me how that's a gift. Uh, I, I know this gets me annoyed and, and I know that they get very offended by this. Granted, we acknowledge the gift of life, however it matters. Yes. That's not. I mean, okay. Gift. Yes. Right? No, um, I have to agree to disagree because okay. like I'm speaking from, again, my Michael's point of view. Sure. I hate what happened to him. But again, now that we've accepted, you know, the tragedy that occurred yeah. back in 2010, well, actually 2009, yeah. uh, when he was just two years old, um, we, we've learned over the time that when we are kind, when we speak to each other kindly, when we don't ra raise our voices, when we don't lose it because his behaviors are getting worse, because mm -hmm. his condition is getting worse, when we took a step back and we learned that when we are keeping the voices lower, mm -hmm. when we are being as a family, you know, more united and including him and everything, he just bloomed. So that spilled onto other families, our community and everything. So had we not had Michael and his autism, we probably wouldn't learn to embrace patience, kindness, and all those things. And I wouldn't be able to study natural medicine, which eventually helped me cure my severe endometriosis because I learned, found ways, natural ways that the doctors couldn't help me with. And then um, eventually now I'm helping my son and other families and I'm raising awareness that there are other options rather than medical. So again, it's a gift as a bigger picture, but is it a gift, you know, just because, oh yes, I'm so happy I got autism from a vaccine injury. No. Yeah. Definitely well, I not. think that's the distinction that needs to be made because I also acknowledge 
the gift again of life, but even the gift of having a life that we would say, Hey, has been altered in some way for some, mm-hmm. they don't want to acknowledge the injury that's caused by the things we know. Right. Yes. At the same time, when it happens, the need to, of course, accept what has happened at the same time to fight for the greatest potential of mm-hmm. that soul in that body to live a fulfilled and fulfilling life. And, you know, this yeah. also comes to the, you know, the movie Spellers. We've talked mm-hmm. about that and I'll have JB Handley on, although yeah. I, uh, his son is on with him, doesn't like to address, uh, you know, vaccines as a contributing mm-hmm. factor yeah. for whatever reason. That's fine. I, I don't mind talking about things that are very helpful because mm-hmm. these children by and large are as intelligent, perhaps more intelligent than most. Mm-hmm. And as Dr. Batar used to say, the allele for intelligence somehow was, a, you know, a common factor associated with the manifestation of what we call autism. Yeah. So to be able to engage in, in, in uh, again, once again, in a, uh, an intelligent discussion where we're not accusing each other of being, uh, you know, if I say autism is not a gift, but then I say it, it also can be a gift based on right. what manifests and what we learn from it. Mm-hmm. I look at the assault and the injury and I say, and I step back beyond the individual uh, cost and I look at an entire generation or two mm-hmm. now that had been assaulted by other environmental degradation and including the environmental degradation coming in, in a syringe mm-hmm. that it countered their capacity to fully engage their intelligence and communicate to the world in a way that we've become accustomed. In other words, yes. verbally, the written word, all of that. Now we find out they have that intelligence to do extraordinary mm-hmm. things. And yet maybe, again, I'm not pretending to be God. I don't have a God complex that there is a purpose for what had happened, even though I'm, you know, I can be angry about how this happened. The assault Mm -hmm. on generations, innocent children to inject them with toxic poisons on top of whatever environmental degradation uh, across Mm -hmm. generations before they got here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I still, you know, have emotions about that that they really curtailed the generation that was here to change and transform. And I'm not saying they aren't here still to change and transform us, but uh, it certainly slowed down the ability to do that on a a much broader scale and impacted the smaller families and the communities that have come together and, and took them out of what their life plans or thoughts of for their lives were going to be. Uh, And Mm -hmm. at the same time, I don't say that in a negative context way. I say, because there's beauty in what you've experienced with Michael. Yeah, it's it's impacted you and community around you. So it's a hard thing to talk about without people getting upset because they have their own perspective on the words we might use. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even if you ask me five, six years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, can autism be a gift? I would say, are you kidding me? I would get so mad. But now I guess autism, Michael's autism really made us mature. And even in our faith and the way uh, you know, we stop blame, blaming God for what happened to him because, you know, God gave us free will. God gave us wisdom. Uh, he gave us opportunity to go and study before we uh, brought Michael to this uh, unfortunate appointment. But later on, you know, I was still trusting the doctors rather than my uh, gut feeling, rather mm-hmm. than my intuition as a mother. Yeah. But what can I do? You know, we, we cannot change the past and we can learn from the past and embrace it and bring it before the Lord and Jesus will fix it. Jesus will use it for the good. Like I cling to Romans 8, 28 and all things work together for good. And uh, I really believe that because in our case, Michael's autism is the base of Mm -hmm. everything else that happened in our life. Yeah. So my growth as a, as a naturopath, uh, Mm -hmm. Mark's growth as a pastor, 
yes, we we mentioned in our podcast, uh, we have we embrace growth and growth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because autism can be gross. So, I, you know, I, I bring up my own personal struggles with making mm -hmm. peace with what we're talking about. And, yeah. and because I know there's a larger picture and there's always a purpose. There's always right. meaning. God doesn't waste one drop or one ounce of experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, the human side of me says, this is, this is wrong, yeah. you know, yeah. and then oh, the yeah. spiritual side, if I can say, mm -hmm. I don't like to delineate if I don't have to, but recognizing that there is a, a broader, larger purpose that's mm -hmm. beyond our knowingness, right? Yes. About what we need, even mm -hmm. if I go, gosh, darn it, why have all these children been harmed in this way? Yeah. Yeah. So again, these are the dilemmas that I, we, you know, I would bring up to the traditional orthodoxy, whether it be, you know, the rabbis, the, the priests, the, the, mm. pastors, you know, why do the classic question, why do bad things happen? Yeah. To people? Oh yes. Yeah. Right. And so yet our journeys are uniquely our own, but of course they impact on our uh, community, our sphere of influence, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Um, someone else who has, uh, you know, experienced some of these things in her lifetime. And I'd love to have her in with us at this moment. I'll see if I bring her in. I've been watching her bars go up and down. I'm hoping the connection is really good. <laughs> and again, Lori, before I bring you in, are you able to change your, turn your phone sideways? Will it, will it go full screen or not? Yes. That's what I'm looking for. So let's bring our, our great friend, Lori Harvey into the mix. We love her dearly. There she is. Hey, Lori. Hey, how's it Hello. going? Hey, hey we're, we're, we're always having a great discussion when Ula's around and you too, Lori. I love and appreciate you so much and uh, glad you could join us today uh, on my travel day again, heading out to, uh, you know, care for a family that lost their, their mother and, and, and officiate the, uh, the memorial service and celebration of life. Uh, so, Lori, again, we've talked on the air and off the air about your husband, you know, passing, you know, I don't know how long it's been now. In months, has it been a year yet? It's it was a year, 11.55 p.m. on April 12th. So it is right there oh. a year now. My gosh. And, wow. uh, you know, yes. God bless you. You've come through a lot and you're, you're, you know, super strong, but you're still a human like us all. And we go through these tough times and emotions. How, how are you doing? How are you feeling a year later? Um, <laughs> yeah, I can feel and see yeah. the emotions. Uh, it's still up and down quite a bit. Um. I was out at the cemetery uh, Wednesday night and I spent some time out there and um, the uh, pain has been multiplied by the fact that um, his family and our son blame me for his death. Yeah. So, you know, I, they're, they won't even talk to me because, you know, they said he won't, he wouldn't take the chemo because of you. So, we don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, this is, you know, Lori, this is the schism we see in our culture. And of course, it was made more obvious during COVID. But yet throughout, even prior to COVID, we would talk about these issues of cancer and cancer therapies and treatments like, you know, with Ty and, and Charlene and the truth about cancer and what they brought out. Mm -hmm. And and we found that those schisms certainly existed prior to COVID uh, of mm -hmm. these people that would follow with a religious fervor doctor's orders, despite the fact that there is so much information about the, the, the fatality associated with going down that road versus yeah. the unknown because it's been suppressed to go more natural routes. You know, I know you took him to see Dr. Batar and to get some help as well, but you know, the, the brutality of the experience as such, and then add insult to injury, having a family that says we blame you. Um, you know, my, my love and prayers go to you to, for healing there. We may not be able to heal those people until they're open to the love of God for forgiveness as well. Exactly. 
And if I may say something, when your husband was, I don't remember uh, which stage of cancer he had. It was stage four of metastatic. It had spread throughout his whole torso. Exactly. Yes. So chemotherapy. Yes. So it was already spread out and the chemotherapy would most likely fail as well. And it would be very miserable end of life. And uh, just because the natural uh, way path didn't help, didn't bring him back, doesn't mean that the chemo would work and would change anything. If anything, it would change uh, for the worst experience mm -hmm. before his passing. So you didn't do anything wrong. You you were fighting till the end. He was fighting until the very last day. And uh, I just... I really, I'll be praying a hedge of protection over you because the spiritual weight that's weighing on you, it really, it will affect your health. So I'm worried about you now that you don't get support. Uh, rather, you are being attacked emotionally by, by the closest, by the family. And, and we family. acknowledge too that they're hurting. They're acting yes. out of wounds, right? Yes, and right. striking out and, you know, praying for them for forgiveness and, and, and love that enters their heart. I mean, these are the things that, um, you know, all of uh, human history, you know, mm -hmm. there are stories in the Bible about things like this playing out with other things. And, um, you know, how do we sustain ourselves in the midst of those people that we loved and cared about that were part of the family that, mm -hmm. you know, to add the, the, to the loss, you know, what Lori's going through, ah, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh I'm, you know, emotionally I'm doing okay. I just got done with a 13-week grief support group called Grief Share. It's all uh, faith-based. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, I've got, you know, dogs that are, are wonderful. I got <laughs> two huskies. And then I got two, I just got two puppies. They're eight months old. And they just got fixed on Monday. So they're mad at me because they're, they're on full kennel rest. <laughs> but... Um, it's it's been an experience for sure and yeah. i i know that i did the best i could for him yes. um he had a great state of mind until the last um 12 hours of his life mm -hmm. he woke up on that morning um he went upstairs he hadn't been upstairs and Two, almost two weeks he got a shower we went out to the cemetery picked out his burial plot and then we got home and then it was just a quick downhill slide for those last 12 hours mm -hmm. so you know i think it was just that burst of energy and that last little yeah. bit we, that yeah. we had to take care of and sure mm -hmm. and of course remember he was engaged in decision making along with you a yeah. husband and a wife and you know the family outside of that holy matrimony um they're not privy to those things. Again, they're they're acting on their wounds, their hurt, their their preconceived notions about things, and mm -hmm. um, just take solace in the fact that I know you do. But again, this is an emotional thing to talk about, and again, my heart, you know, I, I feel it. Uh, but we send all our love. Now, what are you doing moving forward? I mean, you've been through a lot, obviously, and you have still your printing business. We love sending uh, folks to, if you guys need printing to happen on a t-shirt or a sweatshirt oh, yes. or on a banner, Seek out Lori Harvey. What is the website again, Lori? Um, it's facebook.com forward slash graphics. That's G-R-A-P-H-I-X. Your way. And um, I don't actually have a, a website. It's just on the Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, 
I rebooted my tax business. They, they did gave up years ago when he started trucking. I couldn't keep up on the paperwork for both of them. And that was been, been a re- successful reboot. Um, I'm working remotely from mm-hmm. home for a company yeah. out of Georgia doing non-fraud chargebacks. Um, I w- was off for eight days for PSOC and um, Passover, Passover in the days of unleavened bread. And mm-hmm. so are you, are you tired of matzah yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much so. I'm, I'm ready to, uh, to eat regular bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, and, um, I was contact. I've gotten contact with a functional medicine doctor here in central Iowa, and we are working together to um, for weight loss and also doing red light therapy to help uh, break down the fat cells so mm-hmm. that they won't uh, be as prominent. So very nice, very good, wonderful. And and are we going to see you at the Nashville event that the Warners are putting on at the end of the month? I have. I purchased my ticket Wednesday okay. afternoon. I officially don't have the time off of work yet. I stepped out on faith that I will get the time off of work. Yeah. Um, Lori Connell from Florida, she has reserved reserved a room for four of us ladies to stay together to nice. break that, you know, so it's not so expensive. And right. um, It's going to be Matt, fun as well. Yeah. Yeah. MacWest says it's 11 hour drive. So it'll probably be, take me 12 to 13 hours to get down there and, Oh wow! I mean, like you you are the road warrior, you know. I remind everyone yeah. of your race car status, your ability to do mechanical work. I so I'm so impressed. I just love that you do all of that too. Yeah, I I haven't done much mechanical work, you know, since the passing of my husband because he was right there to make sure that I didn't mess anything up. But eventually, <laughs> I'm going to have to. Uh, start doing some mechanical work. I know my car needs all change before I head down there. So I might attempt to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So even the basic stuff to be able to yeah. handle that, it's going to, it's a very important skill. I wish everybody had. Uh, so Lori, again, it's, it's always great to see. You, and I'm looking forward to a reunion when we're together in Nashville. We were talking also about the family union in Southwest Missouri at Leslie's place uh, in uh-huh. July. Any thoughts uh, that you might be able to come to that? I'm looking into it. Um, I'm going to make sure I'm going to have the time off. If I don't have enough time off built into their different buckets for time off, I won't be able to do it. So I might have to sacrifice uh, the advanced medical conference since mm-hmm. I might be able to do that virtually sure. in order to go down to Missouri. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, every time we see you, it's great. We have a great reunion. And that's what yeah. I love so much about our opportunities to broadcast this way and together. And, uh, you know, just like you said, there's a lot of folks that have become family to us in this lifetime, very often closer than the family we were born into or the extended family mm-hmm. that you think are your family. And uh, just like I said, that's been a real blessing as well. Yeah, Leslie, she definitely wants me to come down. She said she wants to give me a big hug when I, when I get there. So it's like, okay, I will, I will try to make it. So <laughs> yeah, I need to make a quick announcement too, uh, that, uh, for those of you who are going to be in the Utah area next weekend, uh, the 21st and 22nd of April is the be healthy Utah event, be healthy, Utah.com. Uh, 
And uh, we'll have a lot of friends that are going to be there. I'll be lecturing, broadcasting from that event. If you want tickets, while we have them, free tickets available, limited number, you have to send a message to SuperDon, askrsb at gmail, askrsb at gmail.com, and uh, mention free tickets or something in the, in the subject so that he knows to pay attention to that. And then we'll uh, follow up to get you those tickets into that event. And then we have, again, the, the end of uh, the month, uh, Lori plans to be there with many of our friends. And that will be in Nashville uh, for the Health and Freedom Expo. And so many more events are, are upcoming. And it uh, looks like, you know, Ula, at this point, you've told me you're planning to be at the family union. Yes. Yeah, with the whole family. We really want to be, yeah. So far- And uh, maybe uh, the Truth About Cancer Life Symposium, um, I think it's October. Have they, have they committed that? Cause yeah, no, not, I, yet. Yeah. not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Because all I, I do know the Health Freedom Expo, of course, is the 14th and 15th. And there's another uh, Utah event earlier in the month, and we'll see. Uh, I haven't heard anything as far as a confirmation on a, mm-hmm. a, a Truth About Cancer live event this year. So you might know more than me. No, no, I'm just assuming that, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, the time is coming, so you better get That's the stuff a, organized. It's <laughs> a really big deal. Lori, is there anything else you want to share with us today as we're heading into the weekend, Ula's birthday weekend, we could celebrate? And Charlene um, Bollinger. Charlene's all right. That's right. Happy birthday, Charlene. That's right. Yeah. Well, happy early birthday to Ula and Charlene both. Um, No, I think that's about it. You know, know, since my husband didn't want to be embalmed, we had to have his funerals fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm having a celebration of life for my husband on Sunday for all his friends that I didn't have the emotional mindset to Mm -hmm. let them pass. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's hard to do. So you're going to have a celebration of life. Well, uh, we're, we're with you in spirit if we can't be there in body for that. Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you. It's, it's been quite the journey. And I hope once we find out the dates about the truth about cancer, that maybe I'll be able to get down to that. That'd be, that would be fun. That yeah. would be fun. I, the reason I don't know is because Ty and Charlene are working so hard on the new docuseries Remedy. That yes. Oh my God! I can't, how can that's going to be good? So I again, I'm not counting on it, but it would be a fun bonus if it actually happens. But I don't know, so we'll stay in touch and, and check the upcoming events tab. And Ty uh, will certainly let us all know the moment uh, they, if they commit to that as well. But uh, Lori, big hugs to you. We love you and appreciate you. And I'll, I want to thank you for coming on in today as we head into the weekend, uh, a weekend of celebration, including a celebration of life for your husband coming up. And, uh, you know, I want to acknowledge the celebration of life for Ruth Quinto, uh, the mm-hmm. matriarch of the sovereign silver patriarchy, you know, as, yes. as her husband had passed away like seven or eight months earlier. And, and then she decided to go and join him in mm-hmm. that way. And, and she was in her 80s as well. And um, I know they're doing well, but it's all for all of us that we are left behind. We feel the sadness, the emotion. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a wonderful mm-hmm. opportunity where we can come in fellowship and, and celebrate the life, even as we uh, mourn the loss. So uh, again, Lori, thank you. We love you. I appreciate you coming by. Thank you for having me. Yay. Great. Well, it's uh, Lori's such a sweetheart and she's been such a uh, a, a supporter of of what we do here. And, um, you know, the great friends and family we make along the way, Ula. And yes, coming all the way from Poland. How does this happen? I I mean, we talked about your journey. What in one life? It had to be. It had to be this way. I mean, Yeah. yeah, there was no other way. I, uh, I travel, I had to go to Cyprus and live in Cyprus for oh, since 2003 till 
2016. So yeah, 13 years in Cyprus. Mm -hmm. That was my life. Middle East, very close to Israel. Yeah. And again, because we lived so close to Israel, we never visited because we just took it for granted. Like, oh yeah, we'll go when it's, you know, uh, less tense. And of course it never happened. And then we moved to America and it's like, huh, hmm. too late. Yeah. Well, we got, you know, friends and family there as well. And I just featured yeah. uh, Shai Danone from uh, Israel as well. And, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful, holy place at the same time. It's the it's kind of the the place where a lot of skirmishes occur. It's a linchpin on the planet in many ways. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, harsh political realities that are artificially induced from um, no I would say nefarious schemers. Yeah. And you know, if you go but back, very to holistically minded. A yeah. lot of my Jewish friends that were living in Cyprus, they introduced me to a lot of modalities like uh, acupuncture to treat mm -hmm. endometriosis or infertility or pain. I, I didn't know about that. I mean, mm -hmm. I knew that acupuncture, you know, it's probably for the pain or something like that. But yeah. I could never think that through acupuncture, I will be healing my condition that was really debilitating. Yeah. And then um, other Jewish ladies introduced me to um, healthy foods and uh, depending on the chi and the, you know, if it's a damp environment or dry, mm -hmm. uh, all the traditional Chinese medicine, um, great teachings you know and uh, she uh, they they all of them they introduced me to uh, more holistic ways mm -hmm. and that really opened up the doors for the healing of my son i mean yeah. he's not healed sure. yet he's still in this body and um with a lot of damage done through through the experience but we are definitely getting better and and people notice that that he's very healthy he's very strong he's super strong oh my goodness yeah. and he's taller than me yeah so that's scary, but uh, he sits through the service in church. He sits through our dinner in the restaurant without disrupting, without, you know, Amazing. making noises, just completely different child. Pretty extraordinary. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and at the same time, you know, growing up, I realized that, you know, many in the Jewish faith overly uh, uh, subscribed or prescribed uh, the mm -hmm. idea that doctors were deities. And they were yeah, oh, yes. still it exists. And look at what happened in Israel under COVID. Where oh, my. The people out to Pfizer and many of With them. Five, the five yeah. booster shots or whatever. I don't remember how many they had to take, but it's. But it shows yeah. also the individual nature of anybody in any faith, in any religion or path that mm -hmm. it's, you know, to try and uh, say they're all this or they're all that. It's it, it it's a collectivist uh, view and it, it goes more into the Marxism. And what I would say, communism that denies our unique individual uh, identity and, mm -hmm. and of course, connection to the divine. And I think that to me is why, you know, as some people perceive um, that communism is more gentler and kinder because it makes everybody mm -hmm. equal. Well, yes, in communism, some animals are more equal than others. If you, yeah, uh, exactly. George Orwell. Yeah. <laughs> Animal so form. There's a superficial understanding. And, you know, what was it? Mm. So, you know, some say, how can you uh, uh, tell a communist? Uh, someone who reads Marx and Engels, um, and and how can you uh, uh, tell someone who, uh, who 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 doesn't fall for communism? Mm -hmm. They understand what yeah. Marx and Engels wrote, and they go, "Uh, uh sorry, not going to happen." Uh, so this is a, another aspect of what we do. And someone would say, "Well, that's getting all political, Robert." Well, to me, it's spiritual because mm -hmm. if you deny that individual's divinity, divine rights, if you will, rights create you know given to to us each of us by our creation. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you collectivize them and you grant privileges based on membership in groups. 
Mm-hmm. And you the greater have, good. Yeah. It, you have mm-hmm. diminished that divinity, you know, Absolutely. not in reality because it's still there, but certainly the illusion then plays itself out as people subjugate themselves to not God, but to, you know, government, for instance. Right. And, and uh, the deception is, it goes, goes deep. And so as we try to look for justice, that's another issue, you know, as I talk about mm-hmm. the, the struggle I have and looking at all these kids that were injured uh, since, uh, you know, the 1986 act came mm-hmm. in be the uh, remove liability from vaccine manufacturers. Uh, th- at the same time, um, I, I don't want to fall prey into, well, that means I have to slaughter the people that engaged in this, even what I would say ig- in ignorance. You know, mm-hmm. and, and what was it? Was it uh, credited to Jesus to say, "Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do." Right? Mm-hmm. The idea yeah. that that there can be forgiveness even in the midst of these mm-hmm. horrible tragedies. Now, I've brought up a lot since COVID to say, "Hey, like some of these doctors and nurses that are, are now aware of this, that once you know better, you are asked to do better. Now you can no longer claim ignorance." Mm-hmm. And you know, you said forgiveness uh, to them that hurt us out of ignorance. Forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for us. Because right. like I I was angry at those uh, pediatricians that hurt my son and uh, that didn't tell me that they didn't give me informed consent, that they didn't educate me before harming my son. I was angry at the people that convinced me that, you know, vaccines are necessary to survive. Uh, I was angry at my school teachers that, you know, the herd immunity, um, the germ theory, rather than terrain, I was I was angry at everybody. Um, and then when I started forgiving them, because, you know, maybe they did it in ignorance. That's what they were taught at medical school. And that's what they are practicing. And they really believe that this is saving lives. This is preventing deadly diseases. They really believe that. I, I truly believe that uh, there are a lot of great pediatricians who still harm children unintentionally because they believe the propaganda that they were taught in uh, medical school. And then I started forgiving other people. And honestly, uh, it brought peace in my heart. And I started developing and growing, uh, maturing spiritually, uh, especially spiritually maturing and opened up um, into more awareness and sharing my story without this resentment, without and rather educating in a gentle manner so people will listen and actually pay attention to what I'm saying. So I believe that um, everything has a purpose if we allow forgiveness to take place. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we forget what happened. Forgive no. and forget, you know, it's uh, it doesn't happen. We still no, remember, no. but we can forgive and set ourselves free of those chains. It's so important to acknowledge what you've just said about the forgiveness not being for them. They mm-hmm. have to seek forgiveness or forgive yeah. themselves, but for our ability to let go of the anger that yes. ties us to the experience that could mm-hmm. bring us down uh, and move us away from that spiritual consciousness into an emotional state of being, which I acknowledge the emotions. I'm human. I have them. Yeah. Oh, but yes. be controlled by them and ruled by them. That's again, that takes us off course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ula, God bless you. Happy birthday. I just want to say a thank, th- you. Uh, thank you as well to our friend Babri, who's helped my mom out with the folium products. This is oh, a yes. uh, supercharged Chernobyl level antioxidant. And, and if you haven't watched the interview that we did with uh, Chloe and her mother a few weeks ago, it's a heart opening experience to watch what happened to her as a young ch- preteen, wow. the injury to HPV and how she sought her mother and her sought help, help, help until she found Babri and the folium products. And now she's 
functional at 23 or so. It's an amazing story. So everybody take a look at the archives and and give a listen to that interview and you'll learn how important the Folium products can be as, again, this is also a whole food product uh, with the extract of pine parts, needle uh, bark cone, uh, the grape seed, et cetera. And this is extraordinary. And I'd love for you to tap into that. Use the code RSB10 to get a discount as well. So, Ula, we got to head into the weekend. I'm heading (laughs) out for the memorial service that I'm going to help run, officiate. And uh, God bless you, Lori Harvey. Thank you for joining us today. And love to Mark and the kids. Thank uh, you. And everybody look out for the next episode of The Preacher and the Polish Girl. And we'll continue this journey back to health, freedom, and healing liberty, recognizing our divinity along the way and hopefully living that. If you have to fast to get there, by all means, it's a great way to do it. We had that discussion, Ula. Thank you. Thank you. And remember that the power to heal is truly yours. Amen, sister.